I thank you for joining part two of our conversation with Professor Tanis. Uh, we will be talking about transparency and teamwork. So I hope you enjoy. So we'll talk about we'll cover the last two together, okay. which will be transparency and teamwork. The point of being transparent is if you're on a team, you got to experience healthy transparency together. I would say there's spiritual transparency, emotional transparency, and physical transparency. I think in general, as Christians, we already know we need to be spiritually transparent with each other, talk about, and what I guess what I put under spiritual transparency is sin struggles or blessing struggles, how to handle all your blessings that God gives you, mm-hmm. things we go through as Christians. Yeah. Our daily devotions, do we yeah. do that? Yeah. I have a... I, there's an app called Pray As You Go, and I don't know if it's good, but it's, I love this app because, and I just started using it this week, and I've used it every day. So as I'm driving to work, it's like they sing a, the hymn, a little a little sermon. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. That's great. But I don't I don't make time to sit down, and like read some scriptures or journal or something like that. So I'm praying as I go. Mm-hmm. All that to say, there's there is a spiritual life that we need to foster and take yeah. care of. Yeah. Um, and Henry, Henry Nowen's actually been helping me do that. Because I just think his work's amazing. Yeah. And I feel like so convicted and rebuked when I read his stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, I do need to sit down and have some solitude. Uh, and like grow my spiritual life. But and all that to say, I think spiritual transparency is a big deal. And as Christians, we know that we need to experience that. You know, I just, I just thought of as you were saying that. We just talked about the time value and how important it is we carve out that time with people. How much more so with God. Mm-hmm. Which also requires saying no, because there's there's unlimited options of how we can spend our time. <laughs> yeah. So when we say no to fifty other ways we could be spending our time, then sitting in a room by ourselves with God and our Bible, wow, I I don't think there's anything that challenges my faith more than prayer, because just about everything else you do as a Christian has residual benefits, even if God isn't real. But sitting in a room by myself talking to the ceiling if God isn't real, is really stupid. <laughs> and so it challenges my faith. Is God real? Is he really there? Am I able to commune with him here in my my bedroom? It, see, and so time, all, see, all these things apply to God as well. I need to carve out time with him, mm-hmm. which means saying no to lots of other things, which is a big part of the whole thing, right? I've said no to 50 things right now because I believe God's real. And I believe he wants to spend time with me and I want to spend time with him. You yeah. know, I may not feel like it a lot of the time. I know it's true and I'm going to do it anyway. Well, yeah, spiritual transparency, that's something I, I think Christians know we need to talk yeah. about. And then there's, I call it emotional transparency, which is like the emotional bond that we connect with each other. And there's the typical idea that men have a harder time doing that. Yeah, yeah. And that our, if we're going to do that, we need to do something as we do that, not just look at each other and talk the way, I guess. And so there are, those are things like, I think are pretty much assumed to be good things, which is, Hey, like men need to be more emotional together. That's what, uh, this guy's talking about in the buddy system. Another book, uh, I'm reading called Guyland. It's an awesome book about what males from 16 to 26 are going through. They're longing for emotional affirmation. Um, and they're doing really dumb things to get that. Uh, (laughs) like what? That's where he talks about hazing and, and oh and, sure sure and just yeah. stuff like that yeah. because they want to be a, they want it's like they need to write a passage right. since we don't have that so we'll do it in unhealthy ways <laughs> yeah. as long as I get something and even yeah. the other thing he talks about is um, back in I guess the twenties thirties forties fifties college students were looking for the affirmation of their mentors and since there's a lack of mentorship in America 
well, we look to it for from our friends. So if a bunch of 18-year-olds are trying to look for affirmation <laughs> from 18-year-olds, it's right. imagine what they're going to do for that. They're pooling their ignorance, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so I think there needs to be a good talk about how yeah. can we be emotionally affirming to each other as men. This is where I, I want to get to now is physical transparency, which I want to say is a healthy thing, which I think the best scenario we could talk about is the locker room, what the locker room means. And I did a whole podcast with some bio soccer dudes and I, it was like an interview, like, you know, how we're doing now. And they were just explaining how good their experience was in the locker room. Like that was one of their most favorite time times on the team mm-hmm. was when they were in a locker room together, yeah. hitting the communal showers, dancing, yeah. doing funny things where they yeah. bonded over this. Yeah. The, the article I wanted to mention written by ESPN, ESPN about Michael Sam, part of the article says how there's like a baptism that occurs as the teams together, they just got off the field, they were fighting for something, they were united, yeah, yeah. and now they're gonna be baptized together in the shower. Yeah. And I just I think that's so beautiful. That's such a beautiful idea of how men can bond together. But then it gets tricky when someone who struggles with homosexuality yes. longs for that with their sin as well as they don't even know how to be a part of that because that whole environment has been such a foreign thing to them. And for me when I moved in the dorms, that was that was hard for me to handle was like how do I handle seeing guys walking naked from the room to the shower? Because that happens a lot. So that was like a very difficult thing for me. But eventually I was able to learn, especially with the friends I'm close to now, how to love them and see their body the right way, which is they're just my friend. Yeah. And we've had hours and hours of conversations about yeah. this. And I, I just think it's such a good thing to expe- for men to experience that type of transparency together. Besides this topic, even men who struggle with weight, with Oh, I don't have their body. I want my body with, especially because of porn. When guys are watching porn, they get these images of like what a male should be. Like I need to be like this or that. Like they, it's funny. It's not just like, Oh, I want to objectify the woman and make myself feel good. It's also, am I that man? And all of a sudden all these men have all these insecurities about their body because they're watching all this porn and it's, it's just messing up their image of the body. And so I've even realized as I talk about physical transparency, the goodness that heterosexual men experience when they experience that together. And it was cool to hear these soccer guys say, like, I wish I had that with other guys that weren't on the team, but they weren't comfortable or, like, it was just really awkward. They didn't know how to handle that. But yet they experienced so much goodness. And so I, I do like to, yeah, no, I like to talk about this. I just think it's such a good thing. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's complex, I'm li- too. I'm li- as I'm listening to you talk, I, I was an athlete for many years, and I've spent a lot of time in locker rooms. And when you were describing the camaraderie, the fun, the the pranks, the mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> there was stuff that was just hilarious we do. There was a hallway coming out of the, sh- the the shower, the group shower at my university where I played football and it was really smooth concrete and if you wet <laughs> that thing down, you could slide and got running, you could like slide in the second base and go the entire hallway so much so you slammed into the lockers at the end of it and it was hilarious some of the some of the stuff that would go down but and i did have a i I can relate to what you're saying i do think though probably if you added up the locker room experiences of both of most people men and women it'd be terrible oh yeah (laughs) right because they they want to make it as fast as they possibly can and get out of there and um, and so, so yeah, I, it, there's a vulnerability to it. Mm-hmm. There's a, 
But I think one of the reasons it's a meaningful place is the same reason it's meaningful for us to eat a meal together. It's a very basic human need mm-hmm. of food, nutrition that we're taking together, cleaning our dirty bodies, this very basic human gut yeah. level sort of need that we just are doing and we're doing it together. And now, yeah, the team component to it. And it's it's totally different than after P.E. in junior high, which is a nightmare for most people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now the reason why I bring this up is because there are a lot of scenarios that Christian men and women are going to go through as we live together in community. And one of those is, hey, should I change in front of my roommate? Like I knew someone who wouldn't change in front of his roommate, sure. so he went to the bathroom to change. I, I know married couples who've ne- never seen each other naked. Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> so, but, so, so I bring this up because I think this needs to be addressed. I did want to talk about what attraction is, though, because this is the complicated thing. Um, there's four types of attraction I like to talk about. There is uh, emotional attraction, which is basically, and I think you could relate to this, like there are people you are emotionally attracted to, especially males. Like, oh, I like that guy's personality, their yeah. character. It's, that's just, you know, it's part of, I think, human nature. Like there are people we're attracted to and people we're not. We don't really want to yeah, be their friend I or hang out with them. I think the word is winsome. Some people okay. are, yeah, winsome that you're drawn to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going through these four, what I call them, four attractions, because I think this is what it means to actually be attracted to the same sex, mm-hmm. rather than it just be um, sort of just blanketed with lust. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. What you, it's winsome. Yeah, the word. Some people are winsome, which means they win. They win people. Okay. They they people are drawn to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so there's that. There's that. What I call emotional attraction or or winsome. Um, then, then there's a physical attraction or a, like they have an aesthetic look that is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So one of my, I love to ask this question, name a male celebrity you think is a handsome person, a handsome guy. George Clooney. How come? Symmetry, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but, so you can identify like, oh, that guy's a good-looking guy. It doesn't mean sex. It doesn't mean any any of that. Oh, yeah, it's just right. like that guy's. A, there's just a good-looking look about right, him. Right. And so those who struggle with this, we we could. That's what we're experiencing. Like, oh, we know who is attractive just by their looks. It doesn't mean sex. Yeah. Then the next thing I want to talk about is uh, a curiosity attraction, their body. And so something I think is very interesting is. ESPN does a, a yeah, body issue. Yeah, and I think I think that's a very fascinating mm-hmm. thing they do. Now, could it some of it be a little sexual? Yeah, yeah. I don't think majority of it is sexual. Though. It's very athletic, mm-hmm. and you get to see the athletic build of a yeah, body. Yeah, in the Greco-Roman sense. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's, and I think when it comes to curiosity, that's another part of this. And it was funny. I was asking the soccer guys like, what what athlete would you want if you had a chance to? Or I asked them what you know, who were there. Who who did they think was attractive, and they and they thought of uh, David Beckham because they're soccer guys, and then uh, then I asked them if you had the chance to see them naked, would you? Would you, if you if you want to see their penis, would you? And they laughed and they they thought about it and they're like, yeah, I think so because it, it fits the whole picture of like who are they as a male? Hmm. And you know it, it was really awkward because they 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 didn't even know how to get there. And the other guy who I don't want to say he's not an athlete, but he plays soccer. But he he. What he started thinking about was how he's been taught not to think of these questions because it's so gay right away. Yeah. And that he couldn't just think about like, oh yeah, would I, just for the sake of seeing a human body, 
um, specifically the same sex, like, it's hard for me to think about that because I just think, oh, I'm, I'm entering the gay realm right now. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting. The reason I'm bringing this up is there's also that experience. So when I lived in the dorms and I was experiencing these close friendships, parts of me were like, oh, like, why do I want to see my friend naked? Like, I know, I know I'm not lusting. I don't want to have sex with him or anything. But there's this want to see him naked. I have no clue why. And when he would change or when they would change, like, I would want to look. And I was so confused. And I remember once my therapist told me, I was explaining this to him, and he was like, Richard, when my buddies change in the gym, and they, say, drop their clothes, and their package is in front of me, I'm going to look. I just can't help it. It happens. It's not a gay thing. Guys just don't talk about this openly. It's just not something where guys just don't do that unless you're very comfortable with each other. And that was, like, the first time this world of, like, okay, not everything I do is gay. Not everything I do is sinful. Um, and so I started asking guys around, like, hey, do you look or, or anything? He's like, yeah, I just don't tell anybody. So you just, you do a, a glance. And, and the ESPN article about Michael Sam mentions that how all these athletes, yeah, they, they even make jokes about each other. Um, and even the soccer guys here, they all know each other's bodies like that. Um, because, you know, they spend four years together showering together. Mm-hmm. You, you occasionally look. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, like, these were, this was new information of, the, like, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit normal than what I... I'm a little bit normal and I didn't think I was. I just thought I was right, so right. lost. Yeah. So there's an emotional attraction, a physical attraction, and then what, what we just, well, what I call curiosity. Yeah. And then there's the last one, which I call sexual attraction. And that is the the less part. There is mm. that part. Like, like, I do let my mind wander and think, oh, I want to, wish I could do this with them or whatever. Yeah. And so I think attraction is so complex, especially for this topic. It's when it's mixed together it's so difficult to understand mm-hmm. because it's just blanketed with sexuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like attraction is a lot more complex than just sex. And so I, I like to talk about this because I think it's very important so people can understand, oh, this is a lot more complex than just that person who struggles with this wants to have sex with every man yeah. that they are connected with. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of my little lecture. I'm not sure what you think about that or if you agree with it, but that's sort of what I've been learning and talking about because I want, I want there to be more uh dialogue about what attraction what same-sex attraction is it doesn't necessarily mean sex yeah 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 i think those are helpful distinctions Mm -hmm. that you make that there are lots of things behind attractions there is an aesthetic that we need to appreciate there's an aesthetic in food <laughs> yeah. Chefs care very much about the way they present presentation yeah. of food is huge, and you could say, "Well, that's irrelevant." No, there's an aesthetic to everything in life that we need to appreciate. Yeah, marketing wouldn't be a big deal, I guess. Right. If it, yeah, right. yeah. I just saw an ad yesterday. It it was very eye catching. It was this woman with piercing blue eyes, just so. The kind of eyes that just are attractive and draw you to them. And it was for a car rental company, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so devious that they just use this beautiful, beautiful person's eyes to get you to say, well, I wonder what that's an ad for. Oh, Enterprise Car Rental. <laughs> well, now you know where to go to right, I've car. been duped, right? <laughs> I've been duped. So, so there, there's something wonderful about aesthetics. And when you asked why I find George Clooney attractive, I, I just started thinking about why we find things beautiful. And it does have to do with things like symmetry mm-hmm. and, 
And But what's interesting is how I have been able over the years to learn to see beauty in things many would consider ugly. So I think one of the most beautiful things on the planet are a very old woman's hands huh. that have gardened her whole life and even has some have some arthritis. And there's there's been an ability... I've gained through the years to see beauty and be attracted to things that would most people might consider just ugly or deformed. Even. Uh -huh. And so I think Christians need to be people who are able to see things that are genuinely beautiful to us that would never be used by a marketer typically. Or, yeah. yeah. So, so I think being able to appreciate beauty and attraction for what it is without it becoming sinful or distorted in some way is, is a skill and an ability and a maturity Christians need to be able to have. And I would say, like, what I'm saying takes a lot of time yeah. and effort and, like, oh, so much processing to understand and split those four distinctions up because I think someone who does struggle with it, especially if they're 16, 17, 18, 19, everything's just mixed in together. Everything's the historical narrative we're in, all, the, all everything we just talked about, it's all just thrown in there that the solution sometimes is, okay, I either don't want to live because I can't figure this out or I'm just going to go be gay yeah. because I'm not going to go through this, what I would call sanctification because it's, yeah. it's hard. And sometimes it's not explained. And so for me, all of this is like hopeful and like, oh, there's like a path to know how to live as a Christian who struggles with same-sex attraction. But it's a very, very complex uh I think understanding that needs to be understood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, one of my one of my deep concerns about pornography is it's starting to remove all the attraction of curiosity. Mm. Even when that's a very healthy curiosity. So, if if by the time you're 15, you've seen thousands of naked bodies through pornography, a boredom can creep in, and that's when things get weird and mm -hmm. and perverted, because we're bored with this amazing creation of God because we've overloaded on it yeah. in ways that are disconnected from real relationships and true intimacy. So it's it's merely images, and we've lost the curiosity. That's why immodesty is a very unattractive thing. And modesty is a very attractive thing huh. because it leaves something for the imagination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's so interesting you say that because, and how I've had to deal with that. And I like what you said. Well, first I want to say, like, when it came to the, the email that the, the student sent me, what I look for, I don't know specifically what he says, but like, am I just trying to find help or whatever through guys I'm attracted to? As I've developed the four T's and, understand, and, has, and have understood more about myself, I've realized, okay, I've let go of a lot of the guys I'm attracted to, and I try to find the 40s within all my friendships now. So at, at one point, I used to just want to experience the locker room with guys I'm attracted to. Now I realize, oh, I love my friends so much now, I want to experience it with everybody. Hmm. And I, I, not to say they're ugly, but when I heard you explain the hand thing, my mind just went straight to like, oh, that's interesting. At first, at first I would be like, oh, those are the guys I'm attracted to, guys I'm not. Now it's like, I want, I want to experience this deep intimacy with all of my guy friends and experience the locker room touch, adventures, time. Like, I want I want to experience all life with them. Yeah. But I think growing up, it was just so, like, attract... Because I didn't understand what attraction meant. It was just 
everything was put on guys I was attracted to. Um, and as I've learned to like let go of that and enjoy all my friendships, guys I'm not attracted to and guys I am, I've had a more fulfilling life. Um, and that's another narrative a lot of guys go through is when they have a friend they're attracted to that gives them a lot, it ends up being a destructive friendship yeah. because we don't know how to like balance all the complexities of that. And then there's another thing you just said. Modesty. Uh, yeah, that was, and now this might, I might have to process this another time, but I do think about when I'm playing sports. So and I think I mentioned this earlier. I have to learn how to control that curiosity. So, you know, say I'm playing soccer and I'm with a bunch of athletes and they're good looking guys. My mind could just go to, oh, I like this idea of masculinity that I'm mm-hmm. experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it's, and that curiosity for more learn, turns into lust. And so it's just a very interesting, that I need to think about that. But yeah. when you said that, that's where my, my mind went to, because that's sort of what I have to deal with. And so again, it's interesting. It's just interesting that, that like, yeah, I still have a different experience though that I still have to like learn how to handle. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Context is interesting. I was just thinking about, I wonder what a nurse would say who sees people naked all the time but it's in the context of of bathing them in their hospital bed mm-hmm. and at some point there's not much curiosity anymore and as you were describing sort of the locker room situation I've been in locker rooms so much in my life I don't have much curiosity <laughs> right? because after a while it's like yeah the human body's a beautiful thing it's an amazing machine and it's all the same. Yeah, thing. it's all yeah. right. So now you might say, "Man, how'd that dude get those triceps?" I, I want to figure out what he's doing in the weight room to get those. But but otherwise, it's like, yeah, we're all human. We're yeah, all this thing together. And and I think that's why I do bring up physical transparency because I want those who struggle with homosexuality to know the male body is not that foreign. They they yeah. are a male body as well. And I want those who don't struggle with this who want to walk alongside someone who does is that. They're dealing with this idea that the male body is foreign. So how can we bring this, how can we be a team and bring this together and deal with it together? Yeah. And I think there is a part where physical, healthy physical transparency needs to take place. Yeah, when, when we are, see ourselves made in God's image by him, knitted together in our mother's wombs, fearfully and wonderfully made, and then to be a new creation in Christ, righteous in God's sight because of Jesus, forgiven completely because of him. That brings a level of confidence, security, identity, where we're not constantly seeking to create an identity because it's been done for us yeah. by our creator. Yeah. And and both those who are struggling with insecurities are then able to overcome those. Those who are are helping those struggle with insecurities will be confident enough in themselves to not be intimidated by this person's struggles and enter mm-hmm. into it. So it's just this bundle of insecurity often that that sends us down these unhealthy roads in our relationships. And so whether someone's dealing with same-sex attraction or, or not, a level of resting in who God's made us to be and remakes us to be in Christ has to be the bottom line for us in that. Yeah. And that will free us to not seek these ridiculous leaves to cover ourselves yeah. and we're naked and unashamed before God which gives us an ability to have a vulnerability have 
grace when we don't understand each other well and mm -hmm. communicated something in a way we didn't want to and was misunderstood. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be grace in both directions Yeah, where we can say, well, that's not what I meant. And we're able to receive that and say, okay. Or we're able to be honest with a friend about something we're going through. And, and, and when they don't even handle that well, there's grace toward them. Yeah. Right? And there's, it's, so there's just so much grace going on that we're able to move ahead together. And that's, that's where teamwork, yeah. teamwork comes in. And, and yeah. 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 The whole time I've been talking, I've been thinking about race relations and what a huge issue that is in our day today. And so many of the things we've talked about apply to that as well. There's so much misunderstanding, so much ignorance. You know, sometimes what's considered racism is just uh, being a lunkhead, uh, mm -hmm. being ignorant, being curious in, in an awkward way about someone of a different race and, and realizing sometimes race brings certain experiences with it. Sometimes it doesn't, right? So every person who struggles with homosexuality doesn't speak for every other person who yeah. does. yeah. And, and so we just need a ton of grace in all of this. And thank God we have it from him. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I wanted to end with a really sweet Dietrich Bonhoeffer quote because yeah. I love yeah. how much he loved community. Yeah. The more genuine and deep, the more genuine and the deeper our community becomes, the more will everything else between us recede. The more clearly and purely will Jesus Christ and his work become the one and only thing that is vital between us. Mm. We have one another only through Christ, but through Christ we do have one another, fully mm -hmm. and fully for all eternity. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, our life together. So good. Yeah. Thank you for doing this to me, Professor Thomas. I'm sure we'll have more conversations, and I, I, I hope people listening will enjoy this. Thank you, brother. I'm grateful for the time, and I'm grateful for you. Sweet. Well, thank you. All right.